Welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. It's back. And it's about basketball this time. Sorry. Back and it's basketball. It's, ba- <laughs> it's basketball. Um, yeah. So we've, uh, you know, obviously it's been a little while. We actually had recorded an episode um, uh, post-spring game, post-signing day, post-op episode. Um, it was got, a good one, too. It was a good it one. Was it was really good, good. And long. We had Nathan Hill on it. Um, it got devoured by the ether. Um, mm. And it's gone forever. I was starting to feel bad. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, man, I didn't listen to that one. So now I'm glad that I didn't actually skip it. Yeah, you didn't, didn't no, miss it. it uh, yeah. It never got released because it actually never got recorded. I'm bummed out. Um, yeah. But you're not a real podcast until you've had that experience. That's yeah. true. Because I, I feel like every podcast I listen to, they're like, at some point, they're like, oh, we recorded a great podcast, but it didn't happen. Even, yeah, so. even like the popular ones is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. If those guys can't get it figured out, like they do this professionally. Yeah. Right. Right. And us as semi pros are just yeah. we're not we're not there yet. So, <laughs> um, so we're back. Obviously, as I said, um, we're in sort of different places. Well, I am at least. I have moved, and where have I moved to? You ask. Well, to the lovely state of Oregon, which is not pronounced that way. It's Oregon. Don't let them hear you pronounce it that way. Don't tell the governor that Ryan said that. <laughs> nobody, t- nobody tell banned. Governor Kate Brown that I said Oregon. All right. But so, I, I mean, we've got Sam Davis, as you've heard, on this Hello. one. Our resident betting and basketball expert. NBA and gambling correspondent, Sam Davis. NBA and gambling correspondent. And, of course, Alex is here. Alex, where are you recording from? I am in the old apartment that uh, we used to record all of our podcasts in. First recording studio. I How am, long I am, until they kick you out of that? I'm moving out at the beginning of next week, so okay. it's going to be great. Um, I've really grown to dislike living here, even though living alone is pretty dope. But <laughs> um, So, I don't know. Yeah. It's you know a little bit more time. I'm, I'm actually moving into a house at the beginning of next week, so exciting That's stuff. Adult shit. Yeah. So, real quick, Sam, Sam's in Clinton, Oklahoma. Clinton, yeah, Oklahoma. For, for Sam. Yeah. Uh, tornadoes. So real, <laughs> real quick, so this podcast, like we said, it's going to be basketball-related. We apologize if you were coming on expecting, I don't know, like an OU football roster breakdown. That may or may not be coming over the next few days. I don't know. Um, but we also used to have this Alley Oops, we made a basketball podcast thing. And that has kind of died because – would you like to explain yeah, real quick? Yeah, so we were taking advantage of some very generous and very misguided free podcast hosting services, um, which allowed us to host two podcasts that regularly post, you know, hour and a half long episodes. Um those services have now realized that that is not a commercially viable um, yeah, it wasn't. setup. So instead, we have one podcast like account that we pay for now. Um, so instead of having a, a dedicated basketball podcast, I think sometimes we're just going to talk about basketball on this podcast. Yeah, it will obviously we'll always have a disclaimer on on the title and in any tweets that we have. Yeah. 
But we just have too many opinions about basketball to not yeah. speak on them. And also, if you don't listen to the basketball episodes, you're not a real fan. I'll say that's yep. true. And if you if you are sad that it's the basketball's happening, just remember Kyler Murray still good at football. He's still really yep. good at football. And baseball, I guess. And baseball. According to the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, our, yeah. Five million dollars worth as a baseball player. All right, let's get basketball let's get this basketball thing going. Um, okay. Alex has the agenda this time, so I have it. Lead us. First time ever. It's crazy. Um, well LeBron James. He's a Laker. He, yeah. He decided he was done with Dan Gilbert in Cleveland. Signed with the Lakers. Um, just quick thoughts about like just initial reaction. What was your guys' initial reaction to this news? Um, initial reaction was that I uh, let's see, I'm pulling it up here. On June 16th, I bet at plus 175 odds that LeBron would go to the Lakers. Uh, oh no, sorry, June 11th, I bet on that. So, so you uh, made, made money. Made a, yeah, made a little. Paid, uh, spent fifteen dollars, risked fifteen dollars, and won twenty six dollars. So, uh, you, you know, go. obviously, pretty exciting stuff going on there. Um, but <laughs> basketball wise, um, I think you know anywhere LeBron goes, he's a good fit. It depends mm-hmm. who the yeah. people are fitting around him. I think they have they have good pieces to go around him. Josh Hart's looked really good in summer league, and I think he is a good uh, point guard to go with LeBron. I think Lonzo, it could be great for his development. Like, he should be the perfect point guard to play alongside LeBron. Yeah. Uh, what, what do yeah. you guys think about some other, other guys that are fitting alongside him? Well, well real, I, uh, real quick, Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, my initial reactions, I wasn't terribly surprised. I didn't, I didn't put money up on it or anything. But um, right. I had sort of assumed, given the sort of things that, like, Brian Windhorse was saying, that this was probably going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know... I was more surprised with the contract he signed with them than right. with his decision yeah. going for a longer term deal. Normally, LeBron signs one plus ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's an it's an interesting contract. I especially like the fact that it sets him up so that if the one and done rule is abolished and um, Bron Jr. goes into the draft straight out of high school, then he will be a free agent while his son is being drafted. I think that's. I just think that's fun. Um, As far as the team around, like LeBron James is LeBron James. He he can make most things work. Um, I am a little confused about some of the other free agent acquisitions the Lakers have made. I do like him with the Lakers' young core. Like like Sam Mm -hmm. said, I think Lonzo is actually a really natural fit next to LeBron because it allows him to be a secondary playmaker and catch and shoot guy. I think, and, and, you know, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, like, these pieces work. They make sense. Um, I don't know exactly why they signed Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo, but... Okay, get... so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little thing now, because I've put okay. a ton of thought into this, because some of you may know, before I was an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I was a huge Lakers fan. Um, and then I kind of converted after, you know, after they moved in a couple years, but so I've kept an interest in the Lakers and it's, you know, they're, I still like them. So my thoughts on this is that the Lakers looked at what LeBron James has been doing in Cleveland and they basically just said, we don't want to do any of that. 
so Cleveland has, yeah, yeah. So Cleveland has done a really nice job of kind of, you know, maximizing, getting everything out of LeBron James's playmaking ability to where basically if there's a play to be made, LeBron makes it. And I think in a lot of ways, LeBron has not enjoyed that. Like, I think he's felt like it was too big of a burden for him. And so when he discussed what he wanted with the Lakers, I think signing guys like Lance Stevenson, Rondo, to go along with guys that we already talked about with Lonzo Ball, who I think is a perfect fit, like you said before. Like, we talked last year about how we thought Lonzo was a two, and he can kind of do a lot of those things now as a two guard playing next to LeBron, even though he'll be defending ones. Um so I think that this is what LeBron James wanted. I think LeBron James wants to move into a role that is just – he doesn't have as big a burden on him. Like he can do more things. I think LeBron wants to move more into the post as a kind of a big man type thing because he's getting mm-hmm. – I mean he's 30 he's – he's 33 now. He's going to be 34 this year. Um, I think LeBron James is kind of seeing into what he views his late career self as. And I think he sees himself as more of a, an off-ball guy. Obviously, he'll still have the ball plenty. He can make plays. He's the greatest playmaker of all time. But I think he wants that burden kind of relieved from him a little bit. Yeah, and like Ryan said, I mean, he, he's trying to make it at least these next four years and then hopefully some more and play with Bronny. So I yeah. think he, he's an intelligent guy and he recognizes that the amount of work that he put into last season for essentially nothing, it's yeah, it's not right. going to sustain until yeah. he can play with his son. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, there was actually um, one of the more interesting episodes of detail from the mind of Kobe Bryant um, was uh, focused, I think it was, and this was during like the, the like Cavs-Celtics matchup, Mm-hmm. Um, and it was focused on, like, one of the ways LeBron could be more effective is to start initiating his offense from the post instead of from the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, and specifically about that as an energy-saving measure. Yeah, um, for sure. Just an economy of motion thing, which mm-hmm. um, I thought that was really interesting. And, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, so I... I see that. I still don't know if, like, again, Rajon Rondo, uh, he, he's a playmaker for sure, but yeah, he's, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Rondo's intelligence. He's not really mm-hmm. a good defender anymore. And no. He's uh, never been good at shooting the ball. Right. So I'm going to push back just a little bit to that because, I mean, you're going to get a little bit of homerism for me on this, on this subject, in all honesty. Um, Rondo to me, like he ha- he has improved as a shooter over the last three or four years. Like he shot thirty five percent from three last year. Not on not like crazy attempts, but he isn't necessarily a guy that just won't shoot the ball anymore, which I think is fine, you know. And he's also only on a one year deal, so I think they're trying to take advantage of him, not necessarily just as a player. I think they want him to be a guy to push Lonzo Ball. Um, because I do think they think Lonzo is the future at that position. And Rondo is the kind of guy that even like, he might not be the best, you know, mentor in the world. He's kind of an ass, but, um, 
just kind of watching the way Rondo approaches the game and the way he plays, I think could really help Lonzo ball in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And so I think that might've been kind of what they're going for. And they, they were probably to a certain extent kind of seduced by the idea of playoff Rondo because I don't think they really care about this regular season at all. I think they, they know that they're not, a, they're not really a championship contender, but they do want to kind of maximize what they can do in the playoffs. Um, and I think they kind of thought, oh, well, playoff Rondo, he'll help us then at least. You know what I mean? This is actually, this is something I want to talk about a bit. Where are the Lakers going to end up in this West at this point? Like, obviously, yeah, with, no, it's crazy. with LeBron, they're obviously a, uh, they're obviously a playoff caliber right. team just because LeBron is there. Um, but this is the West, right? and the West has only gotten more ridiculous. Like, so what's going to happen? Yeah, so, I mean, I've kind of got, you know, five or six teams that I think you would probably just put ahead of them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Warriors, the Rockets... Um, the Jazz for sure, the Thunder, you know, we'll talk more, a lot more about them later. Um, but I think I kind of lean towards having the Spurs ahead of them at this point. Um, and I'm going to make fun of them later, but (laughs) I don't, I don't think that means that they're not going to win 50 plus games next year. You know, I think they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, maybe second, but they're going to be a good regular season team, you know? And I don't think the Lakers are really going to emphasize the regular season a ton. Um, Just, you know, seeing what LeBron has done these past few years. And I think there's going to be a huge adjustment period, especially if they're trying to move LeBron James off the ball. Like if he's playing more off the ball than he has ever, he's not just it's not going to just click from the very beginning. Like they're going to there's going to be an adjustment period for that. Um, So I think they're looking at a six, seven, eight seed in all honesty this year. But I do think they're they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I really do. Yeah, if they're if they're a six seed, like if they are not playing the Warriors or the Rockets in the first round, I think they could easily, I guess not easily move on, but I easily think that they have a chance to move on at least right. into the second round over OKC or the Jazz in the playoffs, especially. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think I would, you know, I. I think I've texted Sam about this. I think I would pick the Lakers over the Thunder in a playoff series. Um, and I mean, and that's and that's. I think the Thunder have done a great job this off season. But I mean, LeBron James is just so much better than everybody else. Picking against him in like a first round playoff series is yeah. just really hard to do. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's I'm gonna have to see these Lakers. They're going to have to start JaVale McGee. Like, Yeah, okay. So that's another thing I want to talk about. Um, kind of what the Lakers have done at the center position is extremely odd, to say the least. Um, <laughs> JaVale McGee is their best option to start at this point. But I don't necessarily think that was on purpose. Like, I think if the Lakers had really wanted Boogie Cousins, they could have gotten him. I think if the Lakers wanted Robin or not Robin Lopez, but Brooke Lopez, they could have gotten him. I think the Lakers are going to play a ton this year without a center. And I think Mm -hmm. in really important moments, you're going to see LeBron James playing center on this team. And I like, that's not something he's ever really done very much of. 
Um, but I think what they're trying to do, in addition, you know, just creating more playmakers, they want guys that are really versatile defenders. And I just think that they're going to be playing positionless defense, you know, like they're going to switch just literally everything. And, you know, if you think about like, let's say you've got Lonzo Ball and LeBron James guarding a pick and roll, LeBron guarding the big guy, like you're not going to have any problem switching LeBron onto that small guy. And yeah. no team, no team is going to be hunting that. They're not going to be like, oh, we see LeBron. Let's go at him with the pick and roll. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so like, obviously you're not going to have him guarding Joel Embiid, but like, I think against, you know, 25 teams in the league, you can play LeBron James at center for 10, 15 minutes a game. Um, and even if, you know, he doesn't guard center, like you could just put, you know, put freaking Kyle Kuzma on him or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think there are at this point with the way the league is, I think that they, they just don't care about that position. And I think the Lakers looked at that and said, we don't want to spend money at that position because it doesn't really matter that much. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. oh, it's uh so do you think we'll see a lot of like Lonzo, Lance, Ingram, Kuzma, LeBron lineups? Yeah. I well one of the things I saw yesterday was a kind of a report of a Lakers executive saying he's really excited to see kind of their ver- version of the death lineup and obviously people made fun of it but um lonzo josh hart brandon ingram kyle kuzman lebron and like yeah you could make fun of that but that's gonna be a really good lineup like there's shooting there's playmaking there's defense throughout that whole lineup um i think that could be really fun to watch you know like yeah you might give up some rebounds you might there might be a post player that can kind of bludgeon you a little bit but you're probably going to gain that back by making that big man have to guard any of those guys, you know? No, I, I, I low-key kind of like what the Lakers did this offseason. Um, even I, the one signing I just don't like is Lance Stevenson because I, it just doesn't make sense. They've got Josh Hart. They have Contavious Caldwell, Poe Brandt. Like, he's just going to be taking minutes away from better players. So I thought that that was a mistake, but I – I get the Rondo signing, and I understand why they didn't really go after a center. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess the last thing with the Lakers is, um, are they all going to hate each other? And is it going to blow up that way? I don't know, man. That, that's one of the interesting things is because you, you think, like, you know, with LeBron being the leader that, you know, things are going to be fine. But that's not really how it's gone with him. Like, you know, the Cavaliers seemingly hated each other every, you know, every year he was there. But I do kind of feel I feel like the young guys are really going to appreciate LeBron and be fine. Um, and if you've got your all of your young core and LeBron on the same page, I find it kind of hard to believe that some of these other guys aren't going to, like, fall in line a little bit. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm a homer, but like, I know, I don't know. I don't. And if like. Let's say Lance Stevenson is just being an ass and is just like, I, I, I need to be playing over Josh Hart, then they're just going to get rid of him. You know what I mean? He's on a one-year deal. It's not like they're yeah. married to him for, for any extended period of time. And I, I just think Rondo is going to be fine. Like, I think you can – I think Lonzo is going to shoot better, and if he does, you can play him and Lonzo together. And that I think that can be fine. Right. I don't think any of their young guys have – the mentality that 
they would be offended that LeBron is coming there. Like maybe a, a Ben Simmons if LeBron goes right. to Philly. You know, Ben might be offended. Like he feels like he needs to be the alpha. This is his team. But like if if it were LeVar Ball instead of Lonzo Ball, we might <laughs> yeah. see some problems. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah, and maybe. He would have already been traded, but go ahead. Exactly. <laughs> but some, yeah, Lance Stevenson probably going to be the linchpin whether or not he can take a back seat to the young guys. Uh, maybe KCP. Uh, take a back yeah. seat to the young guys a little bit, um, but I don't think he would be a they're huge just, attitude problem. And he also, he honestly owes the Lakers because they overpaid him each of the last two years. Right. You yeah. know, and he's on, he's, he's through the same agency as, as LeBron James. So like, I think that there's kind of an understanding there with him. Yeah. I think they'll be good. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, so kind of, was it like the day after LeBron James signed with the Lakers? You know, everybody's kind of buzzing about, oh, the Lakers are back. It's going to be awesome. But um, the Warriors kind of decided that they needed attention again. <laughs> um, and they signed Boogie Cousins. And yeah. my my initial reaction was very, like, emotionally charged. Like, why do they have to ruin everything? They're the worst. I hate them. Um, I've kind of I've come down to earth about that because you know this is a huge person coming back from the worst injury you can have um but what were your guys's initial reactions to this um sam you go ahead all right well i'll I'll give my initial reactions because my initial reactions were very slow as alex knows i was at a church camp almost in the middle of nowhere at the time couldn't really send messages could send Text messages didn't have the service to send iMessages, so text messages would send like seven times. They were all out of order. Um, So I finally saw, I think the day after that they had signed Boogie, I was like, what the hell? Like, how did they even have the money to sign Boogie? This is ridiculous. Like, why? People, we were talking about, you know, maybe somebody will give him a max contract offer, probably not coming off the Achilles, but, you know, maybe he could get somewhere in the 20 million range, even 15 million. Like, the guy was incredible, right. and he's probably going to get paid. And then I find out the Warriors got him. It's for the mid-level exception. It's like, how yeah. how does this happen? Like, why has this happened to hit them? I don't understand why other people didn't offer him even slightly more than the mid-level exception. Um, Alex right. brought up the good point when we were talking about it, probably just that his market dried up and everybody was offering him the mid-level and if everyone's offering you the same thing, you're going to take the one where you're going to win a ring. So yeah. he, he doesn't care. He is not as insecure as Kevin Durant. He does not care about the optics at all. He does not care what people think about him. He's going to take the ring. If he's going to get underpaid, he's going to win. And so he might not come back till January or whatever, but he knew exactly what he was doing by going there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... My uh, like my initial reaction was like, oh well, uh, that was a fun free agency, <laughs> like yeah. Because the th- well, the thing about that is that as soon as that happened, it became pretty clear that, like even more than usual, like this is an academic exercise, um, because like and then my like my next thought was like, okay, how many teams or how many players in the NBA are better at their position than the players? that will be starting for the Warriors by the playoffs. Right. Um, and I, let's see, I was thinking about this list. I had LeBron James. Yeah. I had, 
Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think there's any. Consider him a power forward. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. And then maybe Anthony Davis. Whether yeah, no, I think I think there's. I think this version of Boogie, there are several guys you got to put ahead of him though. Well, yeah. Um, I because I mean, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, for sure, in my opinion. I mean, several might be a stretch, but there, I mean, I think there are three or four centers you can put ahead of him. And then, obviously, you're not putting anybody ahead of Steph at the one, and you know James Harden, if you consider him a two, at ahead of Clay. But there's really not that many more. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, they're, they are ridiculously stacked. Um, but my thing is, they were going to win it anyways. This is You true. know? Yeah. Like, and all this is going to do, it's just going to make people hate them that much more. If it works out, like, they're going to kill everybody and everyone's just going to hate their guts. And I don't know, that might have an impact on them, you know, for, on a personal standpoint, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it doesn't, then, I mean, it's a one-year thing. They were going to win it anyways, and that's just it, you know. And also, we don't know what DeMarcus Cousins is going to look like. You know what I mean? This, yeah, he could come back and not be able to move at all, and then they wind up not even playing him in very many playoff matchups. Like, because playing against the Rockets, they're going to get him switched out on James Harden and Chris Paul a lot. You know, and if he's not 80% of what he was, he's going to get torched on those switches. So there's going to be situations where he probably can't even play. So, I mean, on paper, it looks horrible. It looks horrifying. And my initial reaction reflected that. But the more you think about it, the more it's just like, well, okay. It just kind of adds to the inevitability. My biggest frustration through this whole thing is that. I firmly stand with the idea that the Warriors are the luckiest franchise in NBA history. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, I don't like, I think they're obviously a well run organization, but the idea that they're just light years ahead of, ahead of everybody else is just the biggest bullshit. Like, everything they have done has just come with an enormous amount of luck that just will never happen again. You know, people talk about changing rules to avoid, you know, having something like this happen again. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? You don't need to really you don't need to overreact and change rules to prevent this because it's never going to happen again. You're never going to have a cap spike on the same year that Kevin Durant's a free agent. And, oh, yeah, this team is has the room because three of their guys are making less than their market value. Like, that's just not ever going to happen again. Yeah. So. Like let's let's go down the line of things that the Warriors got lucky on. Right. So first, I don't know what would you say was first. I guess the first thing is taking a chance in drafting. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then his ankles. Yeah. They got lucky right. that his ankles were bad. I don't and know how a franchise their their lottery draft pick has terrible ankles and that somehow ends up being a positive for them. That happens right. to literally no other franchise. Yeah. And I don't and I don't want this to say like I give them tons of credit. Like they drafted in yeah. like three consecutive years. They drafted those they drafted Steph, Clay, and Draymond at those spots that they did, you could argue that's the greatest stretch in draft history. You know what I mean? The Thunder have something to say about that. Yeah. But the Thunder were also drafting in the top five. You know what yeah, I mean? No. 
They drafted really so like, smartly to get the pieces they needed, and they signed Andre Iguodala at a time when that was a really good move for them. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, abs- you know, and that's great. I mean, the next thing is just the NBA Players Association um, not being cool with caps moving, like which would have solved all these problems. They would not have had the cap space to sign Kevin Durant. But the players decided they didn't want that, and since they had these three guys on less than market deals, they were able to sign Kevin Durant because additionally like clay and Draymond, their contracts came up early enough before all the cap spikes. Yeah. So their max contracts were like slightly under the old max contracts because they didn't take their full max value at that time. So they were just on incredibly valuable contracts. You know what I mean? So, that also helped. And another thing Kevin about Durant. being able to sign Kevin Durant, if OKC doesn't blow the three-one lead, I don't think Kevin Durant leaves. Yeah. If, and if, yeah. if the Warriors don't blow the three-one lead, I don't think he if he doesn't go to Golden State at least. Yeah. Right. So you need so simultaneously that requires Clay Thompson to hit nine threes or whatever. Um, was it nine yeah. exactly? Yeah. He he, he hit uh, he hit eleven eleven threes in game right. six. Clay Thompson has hit 11 threes in game six of the Western Conference Finals. And then uh, Kevin Love has to play insane perimeter defense on Steph Curry in game seven of the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Finals. Yeah. Kyrie um, has to hit a ridiculous shot. LeBron James yeah. gets the block. Yeah. Yeah. All, All this is to happens. say really makes you think you're in a simulation where you're just living in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the NBA yeah, is designed yeah. to torture you. Yeah. This, the boogie thing, I it's think like the good place. Because this exactly. Is like, Another example of a way that the 2016 cap spike massively helps the Warriors in a way that I think Chris Paul is probably spending a lot of his free time thinking about, um, which is that yeah. in 2016, you had a ton of insane deals handed out to terrible centers. Um, yeah. And as a result, like there just isn't money for centers right now. There's not and, money for anyone. Yeah. Like, there's tons of deals locked up with guys like Luol Dang and Timofey Mozgov. Um, yeah. And as a result, like, that is part of what depressed Boogie's market. Um, yeah, 100%. But, uh, no, it's crazy. Like, it's yeah. all of that stuff. The Warriors had no control over a lot of those things. And, it, mm-hmm. like, they took full advantage of them. They didn't do anything stupid to screw it up. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the greatest franchise in sports because they were able to take advantage of those breaks. Like, it's just not, that's not how it's going to be for me. But you don't know? you love the way they play? Don't you, can't yeah. you appreciate the unselfish basketball? Don't those you love go to how hell. Steph makes his teammates better? Every single person with that opinion can go to hell. Like, that's, <laughs> it's the worst. People don't, like, fans of the Warriors especially, like, the idea that they like, I just love this team because of the way they play. I'm like, no, you don't. That's not why people love your team. Like, you love your team because they're really good. And they're the team that you live by. You know what yeah. I mean? So don't come at me on Twitter. <laughs> I've had Warriors people tweet at me. Being like, you're just mad your team's not as good. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with their play style. Like, I, your team has more talent than anyone. You, are you was that that rocket series really were you guys playing the beautiful game then yeah 
Like, I'm assuming shut up. that all of these people were previously like you know Atlanta Hawks fans, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. They were they were Spurs fans in 2014, obviously. <laughs> but okay, they just really no. appreciate the beautiful game. Yeah. Okay. It's so, so cr- awful. That's boogie. Do we have anything yeah. else to say about this? I'm done. I'm going to get really emotional here. <laughs> we don't talk this. I'm going to start yelling or something. Um, so uh, a huge thing, like maybe the biggest thing, uh, you know, well, not the biggest thing. LeBron going to the Lakers is the biggest thing of the offseason. Uh, but probably the most surprising thing that's happened in, in the NBA over the last year is this Kawhi Leonard situation. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and it finally, it kind of came to a resolution between him and the Spurs, at least, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. When he was traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a 2019 protected first-round pick. They also sent Danny Green with them for some reason. Um, so what were you guys' initial thoughts on this trade? I'll let Ryan take this one first. Okay. So my first thought was, wow, nobody is happy with this. Um, yeah. First, for, Well, first you have DeMar who loved the city of Toronto and took pay cuts for that team and you know, was expected to be Toronto's Kobe Bryant for his entire career. Um, <laughs> and now he's being shipped out. Um, Toronto is getting an, a superstar who is, you know, <laughs> questionable in his um, decision-making just because we don't know very much about what his decision-making is. Um, right. who was apparently at times hiding from his team last year um, and who has made threats not to play if he's not in Los Angeles at the start of the season. Um, so that was, so initially I was like, well, that's not great for Toronto. Um, though it makes sense if you, if you just consider Kawhi an expiring contract and this is a prelude to a rebuild of Toronto, which it probably right. is, uh, then that's fine for them, but that's still not great. Um so Kawhi Leonard, or oh, let me go to San Antonio. San Antonio gets DeMar DeRozan, a player who's expanding his skill set, but is still primarily like an isolation um, jump shooter, which isn't great. Um, no. So we'll see what, I mean, maybe they think that they can get more out of him. And, you know, he shot more threes last year. His playmaking improved last year, but still like the Spurs have, have a way to go if they expect him to be a, repl- a proper replacement for Kawhi Leonard. Um, and then finally, you have Kawhi Leonard, who wanted to be in Los Angeles primarily due to its status as a major market, and now he mm-hmm. is in Toronto. Yeah. The ultimate troll job by Pop. i got to give it to him for that. Yeah, yeah it's like you're, you think your shoe, shoe deal's bad in San Antonio. <laughs> no, you're not in the United States. All right. So that was that was my initial reaction. Um, since then, um, there's been some discussion that um, like Kawhi is actually maybe like warming to the idea of actually playing for the Raptors. So that's better for them. Yeah. But still, I mean, you, yeah, you were talking talking about the shoe deal. In San Antonio, he has the very Yo, small part of Texas on. cornered. What's up? Do you is, hear that? Is Woj dropping? Some uh-huh. just, no. Do you hear the distortion here? Uh-huh. I don't hear any distortion, no. I don't hear anything, dog. Oh, crap. Is that me? I don't, you sound uh-huh. fine to me. Do we yeah, sound bad to you? Okay. Yeah, you guys sound bad to me. That's weird. Oh, okay. That's odd. I'll, just, I'll just go with it. Okay. Um, 
Well, but <laughs> we might want to edit that out. I don't know. How it did I start in. that? Uh, All right. You were, you were talking about shoe deals in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're talking about you know having the lack of or the smaller shoe deal in San Antonio. He's just got the little corner of Texas that that little market there. But in Canada, Canadians got to wear shoes too, and they're not buying Lowry's. So I mean. Maybe Kawhi can just take over the whole country. It's Kawhi and Drake from now on. Kawhi and Drake, now and forever. No. Um, for a while, I was entertaining a conspiracy theory that Kawhi's deal with Jordan wasn't very favorable because Jordan was pressuring Kawhi to join the Lakers in order to prevent the Warriors from overtaking the 96 Bulls. Um, but I don't know oh, if that's... I really, I really like that conspiracy. I like that a lot, yeah. yeah. I guarantee yeah. Michael Jordan would rather the Lakers be good and the Warriors be bad than do anything that remotely makes the Charlotte Hornets any good. Yeah, no. I So this my theory is that the thing that Jordan is afraid of is a Warriors four-peat, because that's what the Bulls didn't do. Yeah. I like yeah. it. I, I, I'm all for NBA conspiracy theories. Okay, so I'm going to go into to, to my reaction. Um, I am one of the biggest DeMar DeRozan haters there is. And here's the deal. I've started feeling a little bit bad about this because... Because you play exactly like him when you no, go to the, chill out. the rec center. No, 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 no. I've become a very, very... <laughs> analytically conscious pickup player okay it's mostly threes for me um but what why i feel a little bit bad is that like everyone says he's like one of the nicest guys around and he's kind of come out and talked about how players shouldn't be embarrassed about you know mental health and stuff so like he seems like a really good dude but i could not hate him more as a player like I, I, it's not just that I like, I don't get that he's a good player. Like I, I don't think he's very good. Like that's just his team. The last five years has been better with him off the court. This dude got benched in the playoffs when they really needed to win a game against the Cavs. Like that's not a star. You know, I think he has a very good like i think he's got a great skill set to score the basketball and he can do so relatively efficiently but i don't think his game is really conducive to like winning at a high level you know what i mean i think the the raptors were very well built to maximize his skill set and kyle lowry's and i think overall the infrastructure in toronto made him better made people think he was better than he is Right. I and, that, yeah, I think that's, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty fair statement for the most part. Yeah, I had actually forgotten about him getting benched. Um, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. And like, and the thing is, he's able to kind of roast teams just like on a on a random Tuesday when people just don't really care. Yeah. But like when it comes to the playoffs, when the other team is putting their best defender on him, he can't score efficiently. He couldn't score efficiently on J.R. Smith. Like, that dude, nah. You don't want him on your team in the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, it's he's not going to help you win games. It's just not going to happen. And now, like, the Spurs, they have him and LaMarcus Aldridge, who, like, 
is largely similar, in my opinion, just like the way they kind of play the game from, you know, their position. Like, they both just mid-range kings. And it just... it They're going to win 50 games because they're going to be so different from what everyone else does. Mm-hmm. You know, like, teams in the regular season, they kind of have, like, one defensive game plan. They have their philosophy. And generally... Good defenses, they want to give up a ton of mid-range shots because most teams aren't efficient enough to win games shooting a ton of mid-range shots. The Spurs are going to be happy to take those. Um, they're, they're going to be relatively efficient with it. This, Pop's going to find a way to turn this into a top-10 defense, I have zero doubt, Yeah. Um, even though they don't have the personnel for it. And they're going to win 50-plus games. Like I've already, I already said that earlier. They're going to, I think they're going to finish ahead of the Lakers. But if they play the Lakers in the playoffs, they're going to get their asses kicked in five. Right. So, so your opinion of this trade is essentially what you think the Spurs should be going for. And I think all of us would probably agree that this is mediocrity is not what we would be going for. A good regular season is not what you should be going for So you're not going to win yeah. a title. But, I mean, the Spurs, they got a few years left with Pop. Pop mm-hmm. doesn't want to send off everybody for young assets and probably maybe send off LaMarcus and just have a young team that's going to end up in the lottery next year. He wants a decent team and getting DeRozan back for Kawhi, like you said, they're going to be a decent team. They're going to be a 50 win team. Um, DeMar's a good locker room guy. As far as I know, like you said, he seems like a really good person. Um, Mm -hmm. He'll, he'll work well with LaMarcus and maybe teach some of the young guys something that maybe Kawhi wasn't, you know, willing to be a mentor to anybody. Um, so, right. I mean, yeah, it just depends what, what you're going for with the trade. Yeah. We would all, t- even if you get discount assets from Philly or from Boston, you know, I would probably take that personally over, you know, getting DeMar DeRozan being an average team. But this is, I guess, what San Antonio wanted. And yeah. they'll, they'll, be, they'll be a fine team and... I've, I've come around. I was initially very, very sour on the trades. Like you, I'm not the biggest fan of DeMar DeRozan's on-the-court style. But yeah. for, for what San Antonio's probably going for this year, I guess it is it is a fine fine move, and they okay. get to shun Just Kawhi up to Canada. Real quick, though. Mm-hmm. The, the Spurs won 47 games last year, essentially without Kawhi Leonard. Right. Okay. What if they had traded Kawhi to Philadelphia – and got like Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Like, exactly. I think I think they're yeah. better. I think they're better next year with those guys than they would be with Demar Derozan. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. agree. I guess they maybe that wasn't even on the table from Philly. Who knows? It's um, yeah, it's possible. Maybe um, only they were only you know one of those guys and the Miami 2021 pick and another right. first were on the table yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe they were just throwing picks at him. I know that was all Boston was throwing. They just wanted to yeah. throw picks and salary filler. But I just think there was – I think they kind of got seduced by the idea. Like the goes in all-star, he's averaged 25 a game. Right. Like, and, like, and the Spurs are really smart, but they're not – they make mistakes. And I, I think they made a mistake, you know. Like I think yeah. they could have gotten – I mean – Hell, I think it would have been a better trade for them if they had traded Kawhi to Toronto for OG and Anobi. 
like that being the primary pickup. Okay. I really this do. is this is absolutely um, our biases showing through. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, I I get it, but imagine how good that Spurs defense would be. Absolutely. Like, Ozean Anobi is like potentially a Kawhi Leonard level defender. Like he's legitimately gonna be a stud on that end. Um, I. I don't know. I I am biased for sure, and you're yeah. right. And that's but I initially we love OG thought, and we hate Demar. But <laughs> yeah, I initially thought it was going to be something like that because for Toronto, you know, hopefully Kawhi plays for them this year. But they have a legitimate chance if they have a good team since LeBron's gone to make it to the finals. And if it's yeah. a, a core of Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, and Kawhi then they have a much better chance of making it past Boston or Philadelphia. And I thought that was yeah. initially, you know, what they were going for, take Kawhi for a year, try and make it to the finals, and he's probably gone. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, from their perspective, I guess they, you know, even still they could, with just Kawhi um, being in the weak East, they could, if he's playing full strength, they could make a, a decent run, and then they get to offload the DeRozan contract. But, yeah. Yeah, I want to look at this from Toronto's perspective real quick because we are, I mean, we're getting, we're running long like we always do, but it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so I love this trade for Toronto. I don't think there is downside. I really don't. Right. Because I think if you look at Masai Ujiri, yeah, obviously, I mean, it would suck to lose Kawhi after a year and like, well, you had DeMar DeRozan, but I don't think Masai Ujiri wanted DeMar DeRozan. I think, I mean, from everything I've heard, guys like Brian Windhorst talking about this situation, I think Masai Ujiri's kind of been looking for a deal to put DeMar DeRozan in for a couple years. And he had lost faith that DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were going to ever take them anywhere. Okay, And I think that getting swept this year by Cleveland just 100% confirmed what he had already suspected. Yeah. And I think, I think he was going to look to trade DeMar DeRozan regardless. This way, you don't take back any long-term salary. Like, if you lose Kawhi, I mean, maybe you re-sign Danny Green or you could just let him walk, whatever. Um, but then you get to go into a mode where Sergi Baca only has one year left on his contract. Kyle Lowry only has one year left on his contract. So past that season, you've got a clean slate. You've got some really nice-looking young players, obviously OG Ananobi. But they've got like guys like DeLon Wright, Fred Van Vliet. Those guys are good players. And I think Masai Ujiri took this as an opportunity. Is like, well, if we lose him, then we get to do what I've kind of wanted to do for a while. Because when Masai got there, he wanted to tear the team down. But then they like accidentally started winning. So he kind of just never did it. Yeah. So I, I think this is a win-win for Toronto. I also think they're just going to be – if Kawhi Leonard – if they can just get Kawhi Leonard convinced to play his best basketball this year and like, yeah, we know you're going to leave, but just give us this year. We're going to make a run. I think they can make the finals because um, I think Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, him and him and Giannis are definitely the top two, but Giannis isn't doing anything in that in that discussion. Um, but if you look at how they would match up with Boston – like, if they throw out Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi, and Sergi Baca, like, they can defend anybody on yeah, that that's, Boston team. Yeah, that's an incredible team. lineup defensively. 
Yeah, that's incredible defensively. And Kawhi Leonard's the best player on the court. You know yeah. what I mean? And Kyle, and Kyle Lowry's, you know, he's probably fourth or fifth. But, like, that's a – you've got a shot there. And I yeah, think that's a seven-game yeah. series. If you've got five good defenders and the best player on the court, then you have a chance in any playoff series. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and also just depth-wise, both teams are, like, ridiculously stacked depth-wise. But Toronto had the best bench in the league last year. You know, that carried them to a lot of wins in the regular season. Uh, they're going to win – I think they're going to win borderline 60 games this year again, if not more. Mm-hmm. If things if things click, if Kawhi is healthy, if he is who we think he is, and he just he just needs to buy in for a year, be like, all right, I'm going to make the most out of this situation – and then I can go join the Lakers in a year. You know what I mean? Like, that's all they really need from him in this deal. And, hell, if that happens and then let's, you know, Kevin Durant gets hurt in the Western Conference Finals, the Raptors can win the championship. You know? I <laughs> yeah, honestly, I really something. think that. Like, because I think if everything clicks for the Raptors, I think they're the second best team in the league. I'm coming. I'm coming in hot. That's coming a in real hot. hot one. Uh, That's a real hot one. In, Jeez. I'm coming in hot, guys. Because, I mean, we could talk about this. Do we want? Do we want to go into the Rockets a little bit? Um, why not? We should. Yeah. Why not? We're <laughs> yeah. gonna go okay. for three hours. It's let's fine. go. Let's go into the. Let's Welcome go into to the Rockets. Hardcore history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's go into the Rockets because I think they've had the worst off season in the NBA. This year, like, because there hasn't been a team that I that I'm like, wow, that was just really bad. That was really stupid. But I think the Rockets letting Trevor Ariza go and Luke Richard and Bob Mute go is pretty brutal. Like, I think that was a really fatal mistake that like they're just they're far away from the Warriors at this point. You know, a lot of people made this point. But when the Warriors signed Boogie Cousins, they said. The biggest uh, transaction that's happened that increased the Warriors' chance to win the championship next year was Trevor Ariza going to the Suns. Yeah. Um, losing, God, they just, they're completely out of wing depth now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like they haven't made any bad signings. They haven't made any like ridiculous trades or anything, but they just like they have failed to retain some core pieces and have maybe pissed off Clint Capella. Um, Yeah, so it looks like they might get lucky and get Capella at a discount. I do not understand how. Right. I the idea and we'll get to what they are planning on replacing some of these guys with in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um but if you look back on that Warriors Rockets series, that series was ugly. There, mm-hmm. Neither team's offense was efficient. Yeah. Espe- I mean, especially the Warriors, like compared to what they normally are. And that wasn't because, well, the Warriors just didn't play well. I mean, they, had, they were missing Iggy, but the Rockets defended their asses off. Mm-hmm. They really did. And, like, I'm definitely one that kind of thinks that. The Warriors might have gotten lucky this year because the Warriors weren't taking things seriously, and they almost got caught for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when things, if things really got down to where they needed to raise their game, they would have. Like I think they were winning that series if Chris Paul stays healthy. Even I agree. But the Rockets were close, man. Yeah. They had them on the ropes. Like they. We're defending the Warriors like the Warriors haven't been defended since they played the Thunder 
whenever the Thunder had Kevin Durant. So, like, they had something figured out. Their best option, because they didn't really have any other options of, like, signing another star. Their best option was to bring everybody back and try to make some uh, signings on the fringes that could help them against the Warriors. Yeah. And they just well, like they lost when, two key pieces. Yeah, when Chris, Paul, um, when Chris Paul signed his contract, he had an Instagram post that was to the effect of, run it back. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not they're just not going to be able to do that now. They're, yeah. Because if you replace Ariza and Lucas Mamute with Carmelo Anthony, right? That's and not more minutes for Ryan Anderson. More minutes yeah. for Ryan Anderson. More minutes for Gerald Green. Right. Well, and the contract Ariza got wasn't unreasonable. Yeah. It was a one-year deal. There's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. Because it's, it's only on your books for a year. Like, yeah, you're going to have to pay the luxury tax for it, but why the hell would you not do that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Thunder get a lot of shit for not paying luxury tax when they had that super young team, but this is a far more egregious thing to me because you've got two players. One is in his prime. Like, he is better than he's ever been, yeah. better than he's ever going to be right now. Yeah, he's making Chris the best Paul, offensive player in the league. Yeah. Chris Paul is hanging on by a thread right now. Like he can barely make it through a season. He can't make it through a season right now. Yeah. So like your hope is we're going to try and lighten the load a little bit for Chris Paul next year. And hopefully he can make it through the playoffs. And I think they think that if Chris Paul had stayed healthy, they win that series. So I don't know why they wouldn't want to give it another shot. You know, like it makes no sense. If your if your logic is well, we don't think Chris Paul is going to stay healthy, then you wouldn't re-sign him. You wouldn't sign him to a four-year deal. Yeah. So they obviously have confidence in Chris Paul. It just doesn't make sense. And like signing Melo, good lord! Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. even if Melo makes shots, he was yeah. he shot unreasonably bad in Oklahoma City this year. Even if he makes shots for that team. He's not playing in the playoffs. Like you put him out there against the Warriors, like they're gonna kill him. Yeah, you're gonna get can't well, play cannered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, gonna get, you're gonna get can't play canner um, with Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think God, and it's so frustrating because Rockets fans were pretending that Maury was really smart for not getting yeah. Melo, right? When yeah. The reality of it try. was the incredibly intelligent thing that Daryl Morey did was sign yeah. Ryan Anderson to a deal that was worse than Ennis Cantor's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, what's really, really, and- really going to frustrate me is that they probably are going to get Melo this year, and I think it's going to be impossible for Melo to be worse than he was last year. So I think Melo yeah. will make shots if he goes to Houston. They'll be like, see, he can play well here. Why can't he play with Russ? And that's right. going to piss no, me it, off and make me hate the Rockets. It's 100%. It's going to be annoying, but I don't care what happens in the regular season. He could play great in that regular season. He is going to get cooked off the court in the playoffs. Absolutely. Like those problems are not going away. He is past that. Unless he was just like 30 pounds overweight this year and he's going to lose that weight or something and magically become way yeah, I saw him running around faster. The, I saw him running around that football field last offseason. He was in great shape. Okay. Yeah, sure. He yeah. Is. And so the Rockets now have like a team they can run a five of five guys that look like fat guys on the court. <laughs> I saw. I saw that. Because I saw, did you see that yeah, tweet? Yes. Yeah, I did. Chris Paul, James Chris Harden, Paul, Eric Chubby, 
James Harden. PJ Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, every single one of those guys, you're oh like, oh my goodness, yeah. you sure you're so not carrying around ten pounds? The tweet, the tweet yeah. is: the Warriors have the Hamptons five, the Rockets have the. Is it me or is he looking a little pudgy this year, or is that muscle? Not a whole lot of definition, so it's really hard to tell lineup. Yeah, no, absolutely, that's exactly what they have, yeah. and like that's the last thing you want when you're playing the freaking Warriors, man. When they're just yeah. gonna run you up and down the court, like, yeah, you're yeah. screwed. It's... You're not beating that team. <laughs> oh man. If the Rockets sign Melo, which they're gonna, it's absolutely they're going happen. to absolutely. Yeah. Well, but, while we're talking so, about the Rockets, I want to get mad at the Mavs for not at least offering Capella like I don't yeah. know four years, eighty million. Nah, because yeah, he uh, is their guy. They they really wanted DeAndre Jordan, yeah. and apparently I, they really wanted DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, don't it's it's it. a one year deal for DeAndre Jordan. But I just yeah. think Capello, they could have signed either signed him up long term, or, or made the completely fucked the Rockets. And yeah. that seems I'm not a Mavs fan, but I feel like the Mavs and Spurs and Rockets all hate each other, and would like to yeah. screw the others over. Mm-hmm. And that seems like the best way to do it, while potentially also being a great move for your own team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right, so guys, you know we've been going for about 50 minutes now. Um, do we want to talk? Do we want to talk? Let's talk about the Thunder. Let's do it, man. Like, we made it this far because, I mean, I'm not – the Thunder are not the biggest winners of the offseason, but they are – But they've crushed doubt, it. Big winners. And yeah. potentially not done. We'll see. No, yeah, we, we'll have to see. Obviously, it started at freaking – you know, right when free agency started. Paul George right on, right on Grand Lake. Paul George yeah. resigns with Oklahoma City without even taking a meeting with the Lakers. Yeah, that is crazy. Like that is unbelievable that that could have happened. Like, yeah, there is not a single person that a year ago would have said that that would happen for the Thunder. Nobody thought they were going to re-sign him, much less be able to convince him to stay without taking a meeting with the Lakers. Um, and you know, Raptors incredible. fans are really looking into that one. Like, oh, well, okay, so <laughs> oh, yeah, they didn't think they were going to get Paul George back, but yeah, no, yeah they're not. Either. They're not keeping Kawhi. No, no. And, but if they do, the Lakers are, are going to look so bad. Yeah, it's it's. I'm going to be I'm going to be upset. But they're they're going to look real bad. Um, but so yeah, and like the thing about it, like everybody was thinking, okay, Paul George signed up for five years. You know, that's his, the most money he can make this off season, or he's going to take a two plus one to get to his ten year max, and that's cool. Buys the Thunder some time, and they no, kept him. They kept him longer than they thought. Things. But yeah, and he like takes what seemed like just the weirdest contract he could have taken at the time um, with the four years. I guess it's a three plus one. But apparently, you can he can extend after his second year. Yeah. With this, with the way this goes, mm-hmm. I really hope the Thunder don't offer him a five year contract in two years. But well, you know, we can yeah. we'll get to that point when we when we get there. Um, but yeah, he took this contract. And what it does, I mean, it just gives the Thunder peace of mind now. Like, they have three guaranteed years of Paul George. They have three guaranteed years, or I mean, they have five guaranteed years of Russell Westbrook. Um, But for the next three years, this is the team. Steven Adams is also on that timeline. He's he's got three years left on his contract. Like, the three biggest players are locked in, and they're all really good. Yeah. It's, no, it's great. I mean, and I'd like to take some time to do 
a bit of a post-mortem on the Paul George trade. Yes. Because this is something that I tweeted about briefly, um, but I really want to look at So when the Paul George trade first happened, it was, you know, it was Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis. And everyone was like, oh my God, Indiana got fleeced. How did Sam Presti do it? Yeah. Then the season goes on. Victor Oladipo shows out. He's an all-star. He's, you know, he takes the Pacers to seven. They win more the games than the Thunder. The Cavs, yeah. Most well, the Pacers player. hit the Cavs. Yeah, most improved player. All this stuff. And, yeah, of course, at that point, the narrative is, oh, my God. Can't believe that the Thunder traded away such a talent for a rental of Paul George. Clearly, Russell Westbrook makes his. Clearly, nobody could play well with Russell Westbrook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now that Paul George has re-signed, I am about to propose what I think is maybe a radical concept, that this trade was just good for everybody. No. It's <laughs> not possible. When the Thunder made this trade, they understood that. Because the reason that the trade, the reason that, that the Thunder were able to get Paul George um, for just Victor Oladipo to bonus bonus had a lot to do with the deal that Victor, that Victor Oladipo was on, which was a big deal, that at the time, people thought that the Thunder were ridiculous for offering, right? The Thunder were criticized for paying Victor Oladipo that much. Um, but as a result, like, that's the reason that there were so few pieces in that trade. Yep. Um, and the Thunder wouldn't have offered Victor Oladipo the deal he was on if they didn't understand that he was that good. Right. Um, I... Was, like, yeah, go ahead. This this trade happened because Sam Presti had one player that he knew was good and wanted a different player that was a better fit on his team that he also knew was good and made a trade that was really beneficial for both sides. And nobody got fleeced. It was just a good time. No. No, like, it, it was fantastic. Every Both teams are happy. Every player in the trade has to be happy. Like, Oladipo loves his life up in Indiana. Paul George is where he wants to be. Demonis Sabonis is playing great basketball up there. Like it, it's one of the most fair trades I've ever seen happen yeah. in the NBA. And like, like it just, really. Oh, go ahead, keep going. Well, I was gonna say, like, Indiana wanted to be where they are now with Paul George on their team. Like, it didn't change anything for Indiana. It didn't like push their timeline down the road. Like, they are exactly where they thought they wanted to be, and so it. And the Thunder kind of moved their timeline up. They got to get a player that lined up more with Russell Westbrook. So it's, it's incredible. If anything, yeah, if anything, Indiana extended their timeline while keeping yeah, it true. in yeah. the same place it's already at. But what I was going to say is it really speaks to the job security that Sam Presti has. And we'll talk about that more when we talk about Melo in a bit. But like the fact that he was able to do this and then halfway through the season, it looks like a terrible deal for OKC Paul George... There were times he wasn't playing so great when Robertson went down. Oladipo looks incredible. And it's like most, I would probably say 27 other GMs would be crucified for for making that move, looking stupid yeah. that they tried to get an all-star and gave away an all-star and got back, you know, not what they thought they were getting. Um, but when you let it play out, you know, it, he they re-signed Paul George. And I think next year when Robertson's back, you're going to see that he is exactly what Presti was getting and that Presti can make these moves. And, you know, even if for a brief moment, the public perception is that 
he's an idiot for doing this. Like he, he has the opportunity to let his moves play out. Right. Yeah, and I, I think what we all should have kind of we kind of should have seen where Paul George's head was at whenever the trade deadline came and passed. And the Thunder didn't, A, entertain any trades for Paul George, and B, they didn't try to improve the roster at the trade deadline. Like, they didn't think, oh, crap, we don't have what we need or else we're going to lose Paul George. Like, they knew they had him at that point, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a resounding victory for Sam Presti. It, you know, it really, I think it has given um, the average NBA fan a much better insight into Russell Westbrook's reputation within the league, which I think is vastly different than his reputation among, right. like, media people and casual fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good. The one thing is that now everybody makes fun of Oklahoma City for paying the tax um, because, they mm-hmm. pay the t- because of the Harden trade, which 500 yeah. years from now, when... Um, Wardell Stephen Curry the 17th is making six point shots uh, over, um, you know, uh, I was going to try and make up another funny name. Uh, make it, you know, is shooting from the six point line in moon boots, then people are still going to complain about the James Harden trade. It's mm-hmm. people can't let it go. It's astonishing. No. Yeah. Uh, I could I could talk for four years about that and just complain, but can we move? Let's move on to. Oh, we have breaking news on the pod, guys. Wait, what is the it? Oklahoma? The Oklahoma City, Ryan. I apologize. It's going to be hard for you. The Oklahoma oh, City no. Thunder have traded Dakari Johnson to the Orlando Magic. Oh. No, no. Yeah. Damn it. I apologize. This is rough. This is rough for you. What did they get back? So, what did they we get don't back? know yet. I'm going to guess a second rounder. I, I, I imagine <laughs> it's either a second rounder or like is it, cash is considerations. Is it Mario Hazania? Oh, no. He's already Hizania's within in New York now. Oh, right. Yeah. Going to ball out. <laughs> right. So now I guess that brings us into a good little segue before we probably talk about Melo and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Ryan, you need a new new stand. you got to stand somebody new now. I do. And we'll talk about who Alex is standing. Right. And I want to make sure you don't steal mine because I am standing Timothée Luwawu Cabarro. So you got to figure out a new one. We'll talk a little bit more about TLC in a bit. All right. Right. So Sam is standing TLC. Alex, who are you standing? Why don't you let him know? Uh, one on a two-way contract for the Oklahoma City Thunder, Deontay Burton. Deontay Burton. All right. God. He was we will have a Deontay Burton segment later in the show. Who are you standing for? Oh, man. Well, it's hard because, you know, my boy just got traded. Um, yeah. I... Ryan is standing cash considerations. I'm standing cash considerations <laughs> at the moment. Um, there you I'm go. S- I'm standing that incredibly brave money that Sam Presti just got. Um, I don't know. Okay, we're we'll getting... See. Sorry, we're getting Rodney Purvis. Rodney Purvis. Rodney is my Purvis. Boy. Rodney Purvis. I have, I have heard the name. He is a wing. I'm pretty sure he got drafted like last year, maybe. Yeah, I. This is good podcasting. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Rodney okay. Purvis. Uh, while you Went look to... it up, I'll say I did tell Alex yesterday 
that I will probably be looking into purchasing a Dennis Schroeder jersey. So okay. for the there time being, I will be a Schroeder stand. Okay, I like that. I like that. I'd be I'd be surprised if the Thunder kept Rodney Purvis. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. He is not very good. <laughs> yeah. At basketball. You went to UConn. Went to UConn. Uh yeah. Seventh. Yes. Uh, 17th ranked recruit in 2012. Yeah, he he shot 25% from three last yeah, not, year. Not great in the NBA in his 16, 16 games in the NBA, two starts. Yeah, he's also old, he's need, 23. Yeah, I need to find his G League stats, but uh, not looking like a guy that's going to make the team. No, yeah, I think this is – they just needed to dump Dakari Johnson. Um, right. Shout out to his oh, basketball reference thing. nickname, though, Never Nervous Purvis. That's actually really that's, good. Never Nervous Purvis. There we go. I like it. That is much um, better than what I had assumed it would be. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so we so, all we all got our new stands. Yeah. The new guy we yeah. stand. We need all right, we need to get on to Jeremy Grant because we are we are huge fans of Jeremy Grant on this show. We are probably the number one Jeremy Grant podcast in the world. I I would agree with that. Yeah, so he signed for three years at $9 million a year. And this happened literally like 10 minutes after Paul yeah. George re-signed. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I like did a couple like jump fist pump things whenever Paul George re-signed in, my, in the living room here. When Jeremy Grant, I like ran around the apartment and kind of yelled. <laughs> I was and, like, my legitimately G- more excited for the Jeremy Grant re-signing. Yeah. No, partially because like, I... I knew that the Paul George signing would happen at that point, right? Right, yeah. No, I mean, and at this point, I mean, it's after midnight in my apartment building, and I'm just, like, yelling at the top of my lungs about keeping Jeremy Grant in here. So I apologize to the people above me, although not really because they've been loud for two years now. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Yeah, so, okay, Rodney Purvis, he's on a non-guaranteed minimum for next year, so... He's basically he is just nothing. So the Thunder are gonna cut him. They save a little bit of money in this scenario. So yeah. good for the Thunder being smart. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Grant. Do we think Jeremy Grant's gonna start the four next year? Um, I would think so. I think that there's definitely a chance for it. Maybe so. Either him or Patrick Patterson. I can't. You know, right. I if Jeremy Grant starts shooting well, like if it looks right. like he's a more consistent shooter now, then I don't see any reason he wouldn't start. Um, I I think I would start Patterson, but play Grant more minutes and close with Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Patterson is a great fit in the starting lineup because, I mean, he has basically two skills on offense in that he is a good shooter and he's a good passer. Um, neither of which are Jeremy Grant strengths and both of which are things that that starting lineup lacks. Um, so I could, I definitely think that that could be the move. Um, but I, I do think in the end, Billy Donovan loves him some Jeremy Grant and he's going to play more minutes than Patrick Patterson. Yeah. I also like they're going (sighs) bench lineups defensively with Nerlens Noel and Jeremy Grant are going to be incredible. Yeah. Like, so that, that is the thing that I'll get to Nerlens. Yeah. Nerlens. So it's so the ne- the next thing the Thunder did, they signed Nerlens Noel, um, which you know there were some reports on day one that you know the Thunder, the Wizards, and the Lakers were all looking at him, and I was like, 
cool, but there's no way. Why wouldn't he go to the Wizards or whatever? Like, I thought the yeah. Wizards could offer him a starting position. I thought yeah. the Lakers could offer him a starting position. Yeah. But neither of those worked out. He wound up signing with the Thunder on a one-year minimum contract, which if we want to talk about a guy making a poor decision, he turned down four years, $70 million last offseason from the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk about betting a good on business yourself, decision. Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't was... great. But I'm, we're glad he's here. He'll probably do a lot of – like I have a feeling that this season has a good chance to really – repair his um you know reputation in the nba yeah yeah no the thunder have they've done this thing where they take guys that um haven't necessarily had good reputations from a personality standpoint on other teams and then they've kind of gotten them paid like Dion waiter well i mean Dion had to go have a prove it contract but Dion waiters image improved in oklahoma yeah. city for sure Ennis cancer's image improved in oklahoma city for sure you know, so I think they're hoping that that is the case with Nerlens Noel um, and one other guy that we will get to later. Yes. Um, and so let, let's go ahead and talk about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, we already mentioned he's he's going to be a rocket. Like it just seems like a formality yeah. at this point. Though he is temporarily um, a proud member of the Atlanta Hawks. Yes, absolutely. Teammates with Trey Young. Teammates with um, Trey Young. A match so, made in heaven, Trey Young and Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. man. The green lights. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah. So, so the Thunder, as we talked about luxury tax, the Thunder's luxury tax bill was kind of astronomical. Um, they were the first team in NBA history to have a bill of over, like, all things, like salaries and luxury tax combined, they were going to be costing over $300 million. And, you know, most teams just probably aren't going to pay that. Um, especially when one of, you're paying so much money to Carmelo Anthony. It just made too yeah. much sense for them to move on from him. He made it clear how he felt about being here. And he wanted out. So the Thunder, instead of just like stretch waving him, which could have saved them I think $20 million or something crazy, um, they opted to trade him. Which I don't know. Like at the end of the year, I kind of was in the of the belief that like yeah, it's, it's going to be impossible to trade Melo. But yeah, because I, I, I didn't really think the Thunder would be one team to like want to take back like three years of bad salary in return. Yeah. But it turns out that that's exactly what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. Um, so, so they, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, they um, the goal was to trade Melo because. Um, if they waived and stretched him, then that money would be on their books for the next three years, no matter what. What they've right. done now is trade for they traded Mello and uh, twenty-two first round with protection with lottery protection. Yes. Right. Yes. To Atlanta mm -hmm. receiving um, Dennis Schroeder and Mike and. Uh, Mike Muscala. Yes. And then they, then the third team in this is Philly, who receive mm -hmm. Muscala, and give the um, give the Thunder, uh, Timothy uh, Luo Cabaret. <laughs> Jeez, that's Cabaro. Cabaro. Yes. Cabaro. It's Timothy Luau Cabaro. Yes. Cabaro. Looks like Cabaret. But it's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Cabaro. Cabaro. It's Cabaro. 
It's pronounced like cabaret, but with an O. Okay, that's easy to remember. Tim Timothée Lavoie Cabaret, um, and the Hawks get Mello, who they will wave um, just outright. Um, and who did they get from the 76ers? Uh, Justin Anderson. Justin so another Anderson. another yeah. decent, usable, young-ish wing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so es- essentially what the Thunder are doing is they're paying like $7 million a year more than what they would have to just stretch mellow. Um, but they actually have like real human beings taking up yeah. that money instead of just dead money. Yeah. And so there, first, there's the potential that, um, you know, Schroeder will actually, Schroeder, sorry, let me, hang on, let me get it really correct. Get that umlaut Schroeder. in your pronunciation. Schroeder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we all, I'm so, I, I want a jersey with an umlaut on it. I really do. Um, so, um, first, there's the chance that Schroeder will actually be good as mm-hmm. a sixth man, um, which would be ideal. But if not, if the fit isn't good, then they do have a person whose contract will be getting better year by year that if they needed to, they could try and ship. Um, right. Which is preferable to just having dead money in your books for yeah. nothing. Um, yeah. So I think that this was a good move. I didn't think it was mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, I, I didn't depressed either. you, man. Yeah, what I will, I mean, I will say, like, Atlanta kind of backed themselves into a corner here. They, they, I mean, they selected Trey Young in the draft, so that kind of made it, that made Dennis Schroeder's time in Atlanta numbered. But they also traded for Jeremy Lin, and there's just no way that they were going to have those three point guards on the same team. So it became kind of an urgent thing that they needed to trade Dennis Schroeder. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of how this thing came, came about. Uh, what do you guys think of Schroeder's fit on this basketball team? I don't think he should play very much alongside Russ, which might be hard for Billy. Right. And, and, it, might, and it might be hard for Schroeder, because there's not a lot of minutes when Russ isn't on the floor. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we'll see how his attitude holds up, being yeah. the backup. I do. I really do like him running the second unit. Um, yeah. We've struggled for a long time having anybody that can score and create. Um, yeah, like Rain last Felton year. does not do a great job at that. Last year, scoring. the second unit was sort of bolstered for a while by Raymond Felton's improbable shooting abilities. Um, right. And we can't, there's no way that that happens again. So having yeah, an well, actual it, scoring threat. It wound up not even being that sustainable even during last yeah. season. Yeah. And of course, we are two years removed from the Samaj Christian era. So, oh my the Thunder, the Thunder needed to figure out a way to be at least decent with Russell Westbrook off the court, mm-hmm. which they've struggled with. I think if this is all with the caveat that Dennis Schroeder will accept his role, and this is one thing yeah. that kind of gives me hope. The Thunder have talked to Dennis Schroeder about the situation. Yes, they talked about it before the trade. And also, Russell Westbrook is Dennis Schroeder's favorite player in the NBA. I think Paul George is, but... No, that's Cabarro. Right. God. Yes. So, they yes. love us so much. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder's favorite player in the NBA, the guy that he kind of tries to pattern his game after, Russell Westbrook. 
Okay, so I think that there is a situation where you can kind of use Russell Westbrook as a guy that kind of keeps Dennis Schroeder's head in it. Yeah, um, which is good. That's what they need from a basketball standpoint. If you go look at the statistics about how Dennis Schroeder plays the game, it is eerily similar to Russell Westbrook in terms of percentages of where he takes his shots from. Mm-hmm. He was third in the league in drives last year behind Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Um, he takes almost an identical amount of shots from the mid-range, almost an identical sh- amount of shots at the rim. The only thing he does a little differently, he's a little bit more floater prone because yeah. he doesn't have like the pure Russell Westbrook explosion. So he's uh, he has to settle a little bit further out sometimes. Additionally, he is also a poor three-point shooter, statistically speaking. This is good. This fits the Sam Presti model. However, I will say, I think the reason why he's not a good three-point shooter, much like Russell Westbrook, is the quality of three-point shots he takes. I, yeah. he's ta- he takes a lot of off-the-dribble threes. Um, those are not efficient shots for him. And I think... I. I haven't done the research on this aspect of his statistics, but I think I heard that he shot. No, that wasn't him. Sorry. He shot better from a catch and shoot standpoint um, than he did off the dribble. And if he is playing with Russell Westbrook, those are going to be catch and shoot threes. Yeah. So I don't think it's a hopeless situation with him playing next to Russ. I have major concerns about the defense if that's the case, because Dennis Schroeder is not a good defender. Yeah, um, and I and I almost think it's he's not a good defender in the same way that Russell Westbrook isn't, and that he's just careless and mm-hmm. just doesn't really, you know, he doesn't care about defense. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that changes in a smaller role. Um, but yeah, I have I would have major concerns about that. Yeah. I will say that um, if the minutes he plays alongside Russ are like minutes where. The other guys on the floor are like Dre, Paul George, and Steven Adams, and that is probably not gonna kill us. But yeah, I I could see like that working in limited quantities. Yeah, and I just don't see in in that in that scenario what impact. Like I can see that lineup working because everybody else is so good, and I don't see Schroeder having an impact on that lineup much. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah. I really just don't want to see them playing together very much. Yeah. One um, thing yeah. one thing we do need to address, now that he's in a different role and not a starting point guard, and I think Ryan tweeted this, is that Dennis Schroeder can no longer be the starting point guard for the good players that are actually bad lineup. Right. This is true. Um, so who, who would you all nominate as a replacement for Dennis Schroeder as the starting point guard? As a starting uh, guard? I can go first to give you guys some time to think if you want. I, th- I think it's got to be Alfred Payton. That's – I was – I've – I've toyed with the idea of Alfred Payton. I think at this point in his career, Jeff Teague could be in consideration. I don't think Jeff Teague's good anymore. That's an interesting thought. I I definitely... And I think think Alfred Payton is is bad and is secretly bad. Not good and secretly bad. Yeah, I... Okay. My... Or, or let me let me give you another one, Reggie Jackson. I think Reggie Jackson's the one. Yeah. yeah. I think there are like some crazy similarities between 
Dennis Schroeder and Reggie Jackson. Like, here's, here's actually, there's a great anecdote about this. Um, I saw, I forget which reporter tweeted this, but they were talking about how they had spoken to Schroeder at one point before he had received this current contract. And when he was talking about the contract he wanted, he said, I want that Reggie Jackson contract. Nice, nice. Yeah. And now he just gets to be Reggie Jackson. I have the the Hollinger advanced stats pulled up on ESPN just to uh, give like a basis of around where Dennis Schroeder was and everything and where other guys are in that area. And almost everything, like assist ratio, turnover ratio, rebounding ratios, Reggie Jackson and Dennis Schroeder are almost the exact same. Right. True shooting, I mean, true shooting percentage, Dennis Schroeder was... 51.5 percent last year and mm-hmm. reggie jackson was 51.6 right I mean, it does they're, not they're eerily that. similar and what i think i like about that i mean reggie jackson was a good backup point guard for the thunder before he decided he just had to be a starter right um so i mean there there's some positives to take they're both bad defenders also um what i like about his fit when he's not playing with russ is the Thunder can maintain their identity when Russ is off yeah. the court. No, you know what I mean? True. Like, because yeah, last year, can... yeah, sorry, when last year when Russ came off the court, it, they became kind of like, okay, we've got to grind this out. You know what I mean? Ru- Raymond yeah. Felton's going to dribble the ball for 20 seconds. So we got to grind it out. Now it, you've got Dennis Schroeder playing point guard. And also, when Steven Adams is off the court, you've got exactly. a worse version of him in Nerlens Noel. That's, you know, you're kind of bookending that lineup with guys that are worse versions of the starters, but they can fill that role. You know what I mean? No, so that's yeah. that's really interesting to me. No, I think that'll be really helpful for the players that fit in between these two things, like Alex Arenas and Terrence Ferguson. This is great for them because it means that they can be doing essentially the same things in both situations. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think what we, we kind of saw in Summer League, Terrence Ferguson needs that. Like He needs yeah, to be he, put into a well-defined role. guys can be ball handlers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but one thing that I really want to throw out is I really, really like the idea of a Schroeder, Paul George, and Nerlens Noel kind of second unit as kind of the foundation. Like I don't even really care who you put around those three. I think that could be a really nice second unit because I would still like to stagger Russ and Paul George as much as possible um, to where at least one of them's on the court all the time. And I think Schroeder, Paul George, and Nerlens could be pretty dang good, man. And then I don't know if you – I mean, you could fill in Grant or Patterson and you could fill in Abrinas or Ferguson or Cabarro however you want. You know what I mean? But I, I think that would be – I think that'd be a really nice second unit, and where at that point you're possibly creating an advantage for yourself when your second unit's on the court, rather than just being horrible. Yeah. Should we talk about Dennis Schroeder's or Schroeder's? I don't know why I keep doing that. I should be good at this. From from what I've from what I've listened to NBA podcasts, you just got to lean into your wrong pronunciations, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one yeah. bothers with correcting yeah. themselves. Yeah, Lou no. Bouchard, Ma Abute. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I've heard Bama Mate this year. Like it's it's so bad. His is the worst one. But <laughs> Lou Bouchard, the, and then Urba Mate. P- 
People really struggle with Al Farouk and Minu. They call him Amino. Amino. It's, it's or crazy. Amino. And honestly, yeah. Andre Robertson is the most frequently missed one. Yeah. There's one. You, you guys know who Zach Harper is, right? Yeah. He calls him Anthony Roberson. Well, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. Every single time. And it cracks me up, man. He has no idea that he's doing it. But... Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, should we talk about Schroeder's felony assault charge? Um, no, I think okay. it's probably it's probably going to be settled outside of court. Like, I mean, that's how that generally goes. Like, I, yeah. I don't think the Thunder make this trade if they're like going to have a guy that's put on house arrest or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, well, I, I think the Thunder would have looked into it. Yeah, there is internet buzz. So Schroeder is a German citizen. He's not a United States citizen. And so there was some, there was thought that he might be deported, but that's not happening. Um, no, we no, no. No. There is an NBA player no, who this is, is currently fun. like, <laughs> there, like there is a country with like a death vendetta against a current NBA player. Like the NBA is yeah. not going to let one of its players be deported. Right. <laughs> Do we want to real talk, real quick talk about Timothy Luwawu Cabarro? Since Come it is on, Sam Davis's guy, it's my boy. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're right now. He's still an upside guy. I mean he's young. He got drafted 2016, same class as Ben Simmons. Um, he's still got a lot of work to do. Still very raw. But, I mean the athleticism's there. The potential is there. He could be um, just uh, he could be a great defender. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. in this day and age, we talk about how every wing has three and D potential and the shots still are not falling yet for Luawu. Uh, but you know, if he can get up to a, a decent level of shooting, um, I think maybe playing behind Russ and playing behind Paul George, see, uh, yeah, I guess not playing behind Russ as much, but see the mentality he needs to be a lockdown, to use his athleticism, to be a great defender, um, while still, making an impact he can he's very good at cutting off the ball on offense that's really where the only value he kind of puts in right now not much of a playmaker um but if he can keep cutting get to a point where he's at least a threat shooting maybe not necessarily knocking down 40 percent but where he has to be respected um yeah he could be could be a very usable wing in the future i think I think he becomes immediately the best insurance for Andre Robertson that the team yeah. has. Because there's, I mean, there's no, the patellar tendon injury is not a good one. I mean, there's no yeah. telling what Andre Robertson's going to be like at the beginning of this year or even this entire season. And Cabrero has defensive potential. He's a guy that athletically he's going to be able to hang with pretty much anyone you put him on. Um, so obviously he's not a defensive player of the year candidate, but he's not a guy that's going to get killed. He's a better defender than Corey Brewer, um, he's, and he's just more reliable offensively. I really like the idea that you know of him cutting because that's really what Andre Robertson's best skill was offensively, and the Thunder kind of grew to rely on that skill. So if they can have a guy that can kind of recreate what Robertson gives them offensively, and his shot is not broken. Yeah, like yeah, that's the thing. Like he has not shot a high percent, but like his you're shot saying, mechanics are good. And he shoots 80% from the line, like yeah. career-wise. Yeah. He's a good free-throw shooter. He's a guy that I think in the next couple of years could really be 
could be something. You know, he's a guy that might even be able to grow into a starter. Like if yeah. if things really come through, because they don't need a guy that's gonna be a crazy player with the ball in his hands. If he can shoot threes, cut, and play good defense, like that's a starter. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I I love the pickup. You know, that's like I think. I, that was what really kind of sold me on the trade even more than Schroeder. Like, because I wasn't happy about giving up that first-round pick, but when I saw we got him, I was like, okay, I can get it yeah. because he is an upside play. And now if you look at the, t- the roster, you've got TLC, Terrence Ferguson, Alex Abrinas, Hamadou Diallo. They drafted – I mean, Deontay Burton, you can throw him in there. They drafted Kevin Hervey. They drafted um, – Devon Hall, and they have P.J. Dozier kind of in the system. That's eight guys. Yeah. Surely they can find a two-way wing out of those eight guys, right? <laughs> and really, all you got to do is hit on one, and you found an incredibly valuable asset. Yeah. And I think it speaks to the intelligence of this team, of Sam Presti, that they are taking those kind of risks at that position. Is this, I don't think is this all- Sam Presti's version of the process? I think I, it is, man. Like he <laughs> is recreating it, man. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, you've got Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel, and now Timothy Zuwalu Kavaro. Like we are I just mean, picking up the pieces of the process that Philly casts off. Like spe- yeah. specifically with the athletic, high upside wings. You know, yeah. Philly drafting literally every big they possibly could, and sure you'll right. get some Jalil Okafors, but you'll hit on the Joel Embiid's. And is, right. is he just taking every? Every wing that has athleticism and good shot mechanics, and one of them's going to pan out. Hopefully, two of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's exactly what he's doing because they've got Russell Westbrook locked in. You don't need a point guard to be that. They've got Stephen Adams locked in. You don't need a center like that. You can never have too many wings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if there's a situation, if you have three point guards on your team, that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, even if all three of them, like, remember the Suns when they had Bledsoe, Dragic, and Isaiah Thomas? It didn't work at all. Yeah. All three of those guys were really good at basketball, and it did not work because they played the same position, and it was a position that you can at most play two at a time. You can play yeah. five wings at a time if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really excited about just, I mean, it just seems like Sam Presti's smarter than everybody else. Like, and that, I mean, that's really reassuring to see you know like he's kind of because a couple years ago when he drafted like Dakari Johnson and Daniel Hamilton I was kind of like why those guys don't really fit the NBA to me um and I've been proven correct about that sorry Ryan (laughs) um so I it kind of tells me that the Sam Presti he might have lagged lagged behind a little bit but he is catching up and he's doing it in a really intelligent way yeah. So I think um, this needs to be the part of the podcast where we talk about Deontay Burton. Okay. Because I'm going to explode. Deontay Burton will be a rotation basketball player for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the next two years. Mark it down. What is today's date? July 20th, mm-hmm. 2018. Deontay Burton will be a rotation basketball player for the Oklahoma City Thunder within the next two years. Um, I think there's a decent chance that he is kind of the replacement to Patrick Patterson after this year because Patterson's got a player option after this year. Um, I'm all in, guys. It took me one summer league game where I was like, okay, that guy's an NBA player. 
Yeah. And it wasn't even like initially it was just like, man, that guy grabs every rebound and he can dribble, you know, like yeah. guys that can grab a rebound and grab and go run a fast break, make a pass like though. That's an NBA player right there. And then in other games, he showed he can hit a catch and shoot three. Like he's got, he's not, not doesn't have great shot mechanics, but it goes in, you know, yeah. so he can shoot a little bit. And the dude's a playmaker on that end, man. Like, he drives and kicks like he looks good doing it. Like, he looks like a guy that um, could come in on a second unit and just terrorize big men on the other side, on the other team. Yeah. it's No, it's really exciting. And, man, I just loved the, um, the Oklahoma City Summer League team's total dedication to hops. Yes. Uh, because you had – first you have Terrence Ferguson, who – Better be in the dunk contest this year. Let's make yeah. that one thing clear. He deserves a spot in the dunk contest. Um, yes. Then you have Hamadou Diallo, who is similarly... Who deserves a spot in the dunk who contest. Who also deserves a spot in the dunk contest. Yeah. And on top of that, you also have Deontay Burton, who is everything yeah. that Alex said is one Can you imagine true. just like those three plus Russell Westbrook have their own dunk contest? <laughs> oh, Jeremy Grant. Practice, and Jeremy, oh, and Grant. Jeremy Grant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. good lord. No, it's fantastic. And another thing about Deontay Burton is if, we, if you're not familiar, played at Iowa State, the guy is 6'5", 250 pounds, with a 7-foot wingspan. He can guard one through five. Yeah. Like, the guy's going to be able to switch on to anybody. He's really, really, really athletic. Like, that guy's an NBA player. And I mean, I honestly, he's really an NBA player for the Thunder. Has the measurables, really seems like he could be a Rico Gathers kind of guy and make the transition to tight end. 6'5", oh, yeah. 7-foot <laughs> wingspan. Goodness yeah. gracious. No, crazy. His catch radius his, is incredible. His body, yeah. No, he's got an incredible, just like short, stocky build that, I mean, he's a pro. And he's also left-handed, which is kind of another, another layer of like difficulty for players. Like Lefties are just a little bit harder to deal with, you know, because... There's not that many left-handers. Yeah, we're. we're Shout out to you guys are both left-handed, right? Yeah. 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 I shoot right-handed, but I am actually left-handed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got the Ben Simmons going on, the opposite yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah. So, the fact that Sam is left-handed is that's really the only. Really, reason really why makes you were me able, relate. You were, you were really the. That was really the only reason why you were ever able to beat me in one-on-one. That's not really my biggest, my biggest skill at the rec center is that. Everybody assumes you're right-handed. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! This every time I guard Sam, I shade him the wrong way. Like, yeah. It's you just completely forget because he's. I mean, Sam is also a competent dribbler in both hands. Um, so it's it's really easy to forget. Oh no! You need to like and he's gonna drive left. Another thing. Like, yeah. With lefties, when you do shade them, a lot of people like they can't. They overdo it whenever they shade right. lefties. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. then if you have can go back to your right decently, obviously yeah. none of this applies to the NBA because they're all competent basketball players. But if you are shaded so heavily to the left, which people tend to do when they figure out you're left-handed, and you can get back to your right, it is a fun time getting to the rack. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit of everything on the Oklahoma Drilled Basketball Edition podcast. Yeah. You know, get we just gave... Bit. We just next, gave you some next tips. Next week we'll, we'll all have our own player comps for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, we <laughs> should totally do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we could all have player comps for each other too and see how much 
our own and everyone else's differs because I feel like they probably would. There is sure just would. a little bit. There is one podcast I was listening to that's during the NBA draft when Chauncey Billups was giving his player comps for everybody. They said they had wished that the guys that got drafted in the similar to like the Michael Porter Jr. vein would give their own player comps for themselves, and I think that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be, that really would be. Yeah. yes. Michael My, Porter Jr., by the way, undergoing a second back surgery. Yes, I think you mean Maga Porter Jr., though. Maga Porter Jr., jeez. How was that? Oh, man. I don't even know where to begin with that. Also, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I do not know how credible this information was. It is. I heard a rumor that Kawhi Leonard is Maga. Oh, no. And oh, that God. would be... That'd just I be mean, another layer. I mean, that, that yeah. checks out. The it checks yeah. out. Silent majority. That's yeah, that's Kawhi, yeah. man. Oh man, yeah. That's so. What... I really hope that's not the case. Yeah. Well, but... good thing he's in Canada and he's not U.S. He can't vote here anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's really not gonna like having that access to quality health care. <laughs> oh no, he will not. He will not at all. Why um, am I not okay. paying? He we... also okay. goes from Texas no income tax to one of the biggest income taxes in Canada. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes. Okay. Um, so where are we going now? Is there anything else? I, I just this last section on the agenda just says miscellaneous. Do you have any miscellaneous things you'd like to talk about? Any draft takes or summer league takes? Um, it was fun watching everybody overreact fifteen different ways every time Trey Young touched a basketball. I agree. Yeah, I Trey. Trey had a fine summer league. He didn't make shots. Like, yeah. but he pat every time I watched him, I was like, dude, Trey's the best passer ever. Like he just makes passes that no one else does, man. Yeah, it's no, crazy. He is a really good playmaker for his position. Um, and his position is the playmaking position. So that's good. Um, yeah. he, um, one thing about Trey young that we really need to just get it out there. His voice is really annoying. Oh, he yeah. always has been. Yeah, no, he, like he's got kind of a lisp thing going yeah. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no no disrespect to lisps, but no, 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 no lisps, sorry. Like, I feel like I have a little bit of one sometimes, but yeah, it does. Yeah, he does not sound good. The hair, I mean, Trey Young's whole image, man, it could really That's not use great. Some work. If he weren't a great basketball player, like that dude's that dude's not a. He would not. He would have been made fun of in high school a lot. Oh, for let's, sure. Let's let's yeah. just say that. Um, but what one quick, good. huh? One quick uh, thing about ahead. Trey Young's game is that I want him, and I think you will in the NBA. I want him to understand that just because he can shoot threes from the logo doesn't mean he has to. Yeah. Like Steph Curry is the best at that, but Steph Curry only takes maybe one or two of those a game. And yeah. the rest of the time he just kind of, laughs at everyone being terrified of him making that shot and he blows right by them and gets a layup. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Like that's what the threat of that shot is. It's not that you're going to take it six times and make two. Like it's that, Oh crap, he could make that shot. So we better get out here to him at half court, you know? So hopefully he learns that as he, you know, gets put into the, an actual NBA system and not just, Hey, you're in summer league, go shoot everything. So, yeah. 
I think it'll be fun for him to play alongside Jeremy Lin because it'll be like the first time in his life he has played alongside a, <laughs> a ball handler. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. I think that'd be great for him. Sam, any any summer league takes? Um, I mean, it's not really a hot take to say Josh Hart was really good. He was MVP, so yeah, he was. He um, was. I Bagley wasn't great, uh, but he got he hurt. Bad, so man. yeah, uh, Aiton pretty I, good. I, I I didn't like what Aiton or Bagley did, man. Like both of them, kind of just like everyone that was skeptical of them. And there were a lot of like draft guys that were skeptical of both of those guys specifically. I was skeptical of both of those for, guys. And, yeah, they're both for similar reasons. Like they, their offensive game could wind up being inefficient, and their defense is just bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they showed anything yet. And like they're so young, it's like stupid to even have this take. But like they, they didn't show that that was going to be disproven yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they didn't prove anybody wrong yet. I think Jaron Jackson looked unbelievable at times. Mm-hmm. Like his shot is weird, man. Like his it comes off weird. He has this like really I don't know. It looks like a younger kid shooting the ball. Like it's a lower release, you know? Yeah. Um, like I don't know. It looks like I did whenever I was like twelve, just having trouble getting the ball to the rim. But he makes it, and he was making it off movement. Like he wasn't just like spotting up. He would like he was hitting him off the dribble like. It was kind of scary. Like, if he yeah. can make that shot, and he looked almost competent dribbling a basketball, too. Like, if he has that much skill offensively to go with the fact that he was maybe the best defender in the draft, like, that's an all-NBA player. Yeah. Um, let's see. Some other things. Um, I think that um, of, the, of the centers that were drafted this year, I really think that Mobamba is the guy. Um, I'm really? really? Okay. Really, I'm really high on Mobamba. Um and with him, I like I like Bamba a lot. Keep going. Sorry, I was gonna say. Well, but the thing about that is, so he's a really talented center for the Atlanta Magic. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming it that won't ever matter. Well, so what's gonna happen? Obviously, he's gonna get traded to the Lakers. Um, yeah. And at that point, I guess because the next step in this process is to feud with Kobe Bryant, and I don't know how he will manage that with Kobe. Like at this point, a decade out of the league. Maybe that by that time Kobe's decided he wants to be a coach. Right. He will you know, feud with Co- head coach Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe would be the worst basketball coach maybe of all time. I saw somebody he would be suggest so he would be bad. good because he's smart. Like like people watch yeah. detail from the mind of Kobe Bryant and they like recognize his intelligence for the game without right. failing to realize that like, no, what Kobe does now is pretty much as good as it's gonna be. <laughs> Because, yeah. like, the reality of Kobe now is that he's, like, this mentor figure that players can seek out if they want to hone their Mamba mentality or whatever. Um, yeah. If they really want to get deep down in their muse cage, they can go find Kobe. That's good because that's voluntary. That's a thing that players can choose to do. As a coach, right. all of his players would hate him all of the yeah. time. And I don't think he would care. Like, it would just be like, well, you don't have what it takes you know what I mean? Yeah. If you hate me, you don't have what it takes. So, yeah. no, he would be the worst coach ever. But, yeah, no, I – and I think Mo Bamba specifically would hate Kobe. Yeah. Because Mo Bamba because is really one of those, thoughtful. like – he's a very thoughtful guy. He's extremely intelligent. Kobe tells him to do something, like, he would be like, why? You know, he would ask him questions that Kobe probably oh, wouldn't want to answer. 
And I also would, Kobe is kind of in, he's kind of that way as well too. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it would be a bad fit for them. I'm so excited for Co- for uh, Mo Bamba and Josh Rosen to become the star um, athletes of our generation. <laughs> and just guys, guys, con- guys, 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 guys. No, I wanted to we break have... this news. I know what you're about to say. Okay. All right, Sam. Is it the Lakers it. signing? Yes. Yeah. So in talking about what we were earlier, the Lakers with another great free agent acquisition and Michael Beasley has agreed to a deal with the Los Angeles oh Lakers. God. So I guys, I I don't have I have no idea. Yeah, I mean this the title's no locked up. The title's locked up is what you don't have an idea about. What's everybody else gonna do? It's the Lakers world, and the Warriors are just trying to keep up. Like I really, really do think that this is what those rumors about Space Jam Two were about. <laughs> this team, this Los yeah. Angeles Lakers team, is LeBron James and the Toon Squad. Like. Yeah, this is insane. Oh, this is insane. Um, okay. They, uh, well, yeah, like it's the, insane that the smartest player in the NBA gets to play with LeBron, the guy with the highest basketball IQ. Yes. <laughs> Michael Beasley is the smartest guy in the NBA. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe at one point he was, but he's he's burned some brain cells. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. This is incredible. They're, the Lakers, they're going to be entertaining. Yeah, man. They're going to be an entertaining yeah. basketball team. Yeah. Wow. And I've always yeah, been of the nothing. opinion in this Warriors era, all everybody else should be shooting for is entertaining and making yeah. money. Just so. be fun. Just be fun. Yeah. Okay, I got, I got a tweet I got to read. Um, in, in response to Michael Beasley, it says, there was the dream team, there was the redeem team, now there's the meme team. So I, I like <laughs> that it. Is good. I that like is it. Good. I like it. So is that where we want to end? Um, I think that's where we have to end with Michael B. Thank you. The Lakers. Thank you for listening to us talk about basketball. If you made it this far for two hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, it you know. was probably a good time. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time. Yeah. I, had like, fun. I haven't said real words to these two people in a couple months. So, or yeah, not, maybe no, not that long, good. but. So it was yeah. good. In case anybody was wondering what the delay was, it was me because I was lazy and didn't want to go buy a new network adapter. Yeah. And then I did, and now we can do this again. So here we are. So, and also with football season approaching quickly, we're going to get back on a regular schedule, I think. Um, we definitely are. We're going to come at you. We're going to get some, some OU football going again because that's really what this podcast is about. But, guys, we all really love basketball and we just had too many takes for you know, yeah, one to had to them, get them out you know they've been picked up for too long man we had to get them out listen so this like this podcast can be about basketball too i don't think yeah. anyone will begrudge us that no nah. um you know, i would what i really want to do is i want to get a real madhouse episode where we get sam and nathan on Ooh. we just go we just hash it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's that'd be good that'd be a good one um Maybe, I don't know, we could do like a, I don't know, I'm trying to think, maybe like a full preview for OU and have every every angle covered. Yes, this is excellent. Yeah, because uh, Sam, Sam can cover. five hours long. See, and that's fine. And even if, like, I mean, I would probably listen to it. I would listen to, I think, all of our podcasts. So 
Yeah. I don't know. It gives me something to listen to, and I'm fine with that. Okay. All right, boys. Anything else? I think I'm ready to call it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Oklahoma Drill Basketball Edition. Um, If you enjoyed the podcast, follow us at Oklahoma underscore drill. Um, Like we've said, it's usually about football, but sometimes it'll be about basketball. So if this was your first episode, then, you know, maybe you'll discover more episodes that are for you. Um, You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on the Google Play Store or on Podbean. Um, And I think that is about do it. Um, You guys have a wonderful day.